Welcome to the Gone Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Howell. And I'm your host, Angie Rogers Howell. Now, what is the Gone Boss Podcast? Well, it's a weekly podcast where we feature awesome women in our community. We'll interview them, find out what makes them tick, the cool things they're doing to make our community a great place to live and work, and how they've gone boss. This week, we're brought to you by our premier sponsor, Schaefer Leadership Academy. Learn more at SchaeferLeadership.com. We're also brought to you by Lucky Rabbit Tattoos. Find out more about them at LuckyTats.com. If you have a comment about the show or something you want to share with us, just call or text 765-233-2640. Again, that's 765-233-2640. We might even use it on the show. Also, be sure to join the conversation in our Facebook group. Just search Gone Boss and hang out with us there. Who do we have on the show today? Today, we have Jennifer Mearns, First Lady of Ball State University. Our premier sponsor is Schaefer Leadership Academy. Find out more at SchaeferLeadership.com. We have a Lunch and Learn on January 17th. It is entitled Leading by Providing an Excellent Customer Experience. Ooh, who's doing that? It's presented by Ted Baker, CEO and Executive Director at the Innovation Connector. Based on Disney World's model of delivering excellent customer service experiences to their guests and cast members, this session will highlight the need for all businesses and organizations to provide great customer experiences for all stakeholders, including customers, clients, and employees. During your time together, they will explore practical ways to uncover the magic of the need for and the delivery of great customer experiences. So even though you're not Disney and you may not have the budget of Disney, how can we provide great customer experiences in the vein of Disney's philosophy? And we can find out just by going to SchaeferLeadership.com and registering for this event. Yep. Today in the studio, we have Jennifer Burns with JPM Consulting. Welcome to the Farmhouse. Thanks so much. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for coming. Now, you're married to somebody, right? I am married to somebody. (laughs) Now, who is that somebody? Somebody we may know. Oh, there's this guy. Actually, I always say my boyfriend. No, No. Uh, Jeff Burns, president of Ball State University. Well, tell us about your business. So my business, I do executive recruiting and talent acquisition. A lot of people don't really know what that means. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a generic term. My firm... We don't do uh, retained search. We do all retained work, but we do um, searches for corporate clients. And I work, though, on a contract basis when they have a lot of people over a year they're going to hire. And so I only work at an hourly rate, which is unusual for the recruiting industry. They normally Mm -hmm. take a big fee at the end. Well, I build a partnership with my clients, and I help them build their teams. And so I really call them like the emergency rescue squad for, for recruiting people or HR people. When they get overloaded and they can't hire people, they don't Mm -hmm. have the headcount, I step in and fulfill that need so at a senior level without all the overhead. That sounds interesting. Yeah. That sounds like uh, it's, it's not local. That's like <laughs> no, a regional, it's not, national. No, it's national. National. And okay. in fact, right now, my two main clients are very large. I've worked with a lot of mid-sized companies, mm-hmm. which I really like. Right now, I'm working with two. One is a $17 billion company called XPO Logistics. Okay. They're growing very quickly. And the other is Eaton Corporation. And they're about a $22 billion business. And they're in a lot of people, not some people don't know that Eaton Corp name, but they have a lot of products that they um, make and they're components for the auto industry, okay. electrical, industrial products, and they're huge. Okay. And they're great people, but not a household name. Right. 
but they're big. Tell us about the early days. Where were you and how'd you get here? It's a long and winding road. (laughs) Yes, it is. Isn't it always? (laughs) No, and I always tell, I'd love to talk to students about careers because I really have had two distinct careers. And actually, Mm -hmm. my husband really has two. It's funny. So the path you start down may not be the path you end up on. Mm -hmm. So my passion when I was in college, I really wanted to get into the sports marketing industry, which was very new at the time. It wasn't even really an industry, Mm -hmm. but people were starting to talk about that and getting jobs in that. So I was passionate about running. And I thought if I could marry running with business and make some money, that would be great. Well, I never did work in running, but I did get into the sports marketing industry. First, at Madison Square Garden in public relations. And then I worked for the men's professional tennis tour for a couple of years as a media liaison. So I had the good fortune to travel as a 24, 25, 26-year-old all over the world, wow. representing awesome. the men's professional tennis tour. So I would get them uh, handle their interviews, mm-hmm. their post-match press conferences. I worked with the television crews on the weekend, sit in the booth, do stats, give them little pithy comments about the players, make them all sound smart. <laughs> and so I did that for a couple of years. And then it was just kind of the same thing every week. It was exciting. It was The t- travel was great, but I wasn't really learning. So mm-hmm. I really wanted to get in the marketing promotion side. So that's what I did. I worked with an agency and I made manage global sponsorships for corporate sponsors. So for instance, IBM ended up as a global sponsor of the men's tour, which then became the ATP tour, Mm -hmm. as people know it now. And so I managed their global sponsorship. So I had a person working with me in Europe, and then I had a team in the US, and we helped them leverage that sponsorship so they could get full value out of it. That was my first career. (laughs) And then as that was going on, I was having children. Mm -hmm. So when it got to the point where I had the double whammy with my fourth and fifth child, I decided I needed to come up with a new plan Mm -hmm. because the travel was just... Jet-setting around the world might not work It's funny. I was still traveling, not as much Mm -hmm. as I was, but I still... like When I found out I was expecting, I had just come back from a trip to Brazil Mm -hmm. um, with my clients at the time, and I thought maybe the water had affected me. And then I I remembered that feeling... And that's a whole nother interesting story if you want to talk about when I found that out and, and Jeff was working on the Oklahoma City bombing trial in Denver. Oh my. But, uh, but anyway, so that's why I thought I've got to come up with something new. And it's serendipity. I'm a firm believer in whatever you want to call it, serendipity, fate. Mm-hmm. Um, woman who had a sports marketing recruiting firm happened to be in the, you know, she was in the same town I had just moved to, which is where Jeff's family was. Long story short, she asked me if I would come into business with her. And so she is the one who trained me in recruiting. And it was sy- synergistic because I knew the sports industry mm-hmm. and I did agency and te- I did the agencies and she focused on the teams and leagues, which was what she really knew. Mm-hmm. So it was great. I learned the search business. We doubled the business in two years. Wow. She treated me as a 50-50 partner. She was incredibly generous. And then 9-11 came. Oh. Nobody was recruiting anybody, particularly in sports and mm-hmm. events. And so shortly after that, as the business was just super flat, I just de- decided, and that was time of reflection mm-hmm. yeah. of what am I doing with my life? And my twins were four, and I, I decided just to leave the company. I had a non-compete with her, which I honored. Mm-hmm. And I was home with my kids for the first time ever, 18 months. Oh, wow. And then when they went to kindergarten, I started calling around to people I knew in the industry and said, well, if you need any project work, and that's how I came up with this concept about filling a niche in the recruiting business where we could do have a senior level person doing contract, you know, they're contract recruiters, but they're typically 
people who do mid-level recruiting don't necessarily have a lot of experience, Mm -hmm. but I had been a retained recruiter and had a lot of experience, but they could get value for a lower cost, Mm -hmm. and I would have steady business and not have to be jumping on a plane to to develop business. So it really has worked well. It's 16 years in the business, and it's worked great as we've moved multiple times, and my office is my laptop and my phone. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, you can work anywhere. I can work anywhere. Literally, I've worked all over the world. (laughs) Whenever we travel, I'm still working because I don't have anybody but me uh, <laughs> we do the same thing. you know yep, yep, you know absolutely yeah uh yeah so we have five kids the two youngest the, the twins mm-hmm. they are finishing college so okay. in january i'm going to get a big raise okay no yeah. more tuition no more that'll tuition. be the last <laughs> be great the last tuition payments for four girls one boy okay. and they're great kids we're very fortunate great. you have any grandkiddos yet one okay just yeah just born in may oh exciting oh, nice. and he's so cute well, of course I'm biased. But well, yeah, he's, but they are. he's made many appearances at Ball State football games, at soccer matches. He's very present on campus. And I told him he's now Twitter famous. I told my daughter, did you know your son is Twitter famous? She said, did dad post a photo? I said, he posted a video. (laughs) (laughs) He got a lot of likes. Well, I bet so, yeah. Now, you mentioned there were uh, two careers for your husband Mm -hmm. as well. Quickly tell us about those. Yeah, so my my husband, we, we joke a lot and we say, remember when we were dating and we sat on the porch and we talked about what, well, we I, he was going to go to law school, mm-hmm. and so I thought maybe a lo- you know he'd be a lawyer, then maybe managing a firm. Or he always talked about wanting to be a judge. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he um, he started out. He went to law school, and he spent one year at a law firm, and really just knew that was not what he wanted to do mm-hmm. long term because he really wanted to be a prosecutor. So he applied to the U.S. Attorney's Office, and this was when we were in New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I had to beg him to come to New York. That's another story. But when he came to New York, I said, try it for a year or two, and if you don't like it, we'll move. Well, in, during that time, he applied to the U.S. Attorney's Office, and he got the job. Mm-hmm. This was in the Eastern District of New York, so it's Brooklyn, Queens, Long Island, Staten Island. And it's a three-year commitment. So I was just thrilled that I knew I got three more years in New York. <laughs> and he ended up staying in that job for six years, I think. Okay. And then we moved. He stayed with Justice. Mm-hmm. Um, we moved to North Carolina. He was chief assistant. Oh, he was of organized crime in Brooklyn. Oh, wow. That was a really interesting job. He had a great group. One of those moments in time where there's such amazing people working mm-hmm. together. They're all in, you know, I see them all on TV now. So then he was chief assistant down in, in North Carolina. And it's at that point we had to make the decision. At that point, he said, I really should go back into private practice. Government salaries are not what private mm-hmm. practice attorneys make. And at that point, we had three children. So we had to decide, we go back to New York or do we go to Cleveland where his family was? Oh, okay. He had a lot of his parents were there and he had four of his siblings were living there so we decided to go there Mm -hmm. and that's when he went back into private practice but before that he got a call from somebody who had worked for him in the U.S. Attorney's Office from Brooklyn that was working on the Oklahoma City bombing trial Mm -hmm. and they said the McVeigh case is done we're going into the Terry Nichols phase two of the attorneys are leaving the team would you come you've talked about leaving justice before you leave, would you come and do this case with us? And so he came in and told me that. And I said, you've got to do that. Yeah. You know. So he had already accepted a job with a law firm in Cleveland. And mm-hmm. he had to call them and say, I'm sorry, I'm not coming. And he went to Denver for nine months. And they tried that case. And that's in the middle of that is when I found out I was having twins. Oh, wow. Wow. Okay. So he wasn't there yeah. <laughs> for a lot of that. Yeah. Um, but we had a great au pair who was from Cape Town, South Africa, and she helped me get through that, you know, working and three Mm -hmm. kids and 
pregnancy with twins. Twins and all of that. <laughs> well, tell us about growing up. Yeah, I, I come from a big family. Actually, both Jeff and I do. Um, so I have came from a family of eight children. Both of I'm first generation college student. Both neither of my parents had the opportunity to go to college, and I didn't until recently. I didn't even know my dad didn't graduate from high school. Oh, okay. And he's a, so he was a self-made. This is the old American mm-hmm. success story. Worked mm-hmm. his way up from office boy to senior vice president of a major corporation. Oh, okay. But in his early days, he was a salesman. He was a spice salesman, you know, French's, the mustard company. Mm -hmm. He'd carry a sample bag and go to mom and pop grocery stores or, I mean, it got bigger and bigger. But as he succeeded, we moved. Mm -hmm. So he'd get a new territory, a new region, a new. So we moved every two to three years with eight kids. My mother, she passed a couple of years ago. We still call her St. Joan. (laughs) She was amazing. My dad would go forward to work on his job and she would pack everybody up and get us moved and you know on the one hand that can be tough on the other hand it makes you really flexible Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um so jeff and i are both very flexible (laughs) about that so anyway it was a great my parents were wonderful really traditional american you know blue collar family growing up um but they also had we had two people in my two of my sisters had cystic fibrosis i don't know if you're familiar with that it's a disease that affects your your system so like your digestive system okay. your your lungs, your lungs. Mm-hmm. you you secrete excess mucus which you can't break down so two of them had that and the life expectancy at the time when my first older sister was diagnosed was about 13 and she passed early she passed when she was 11 but my other sister is 57 years old oh, wow. and is, I mean, she's not perfect, but she's doing well. Mm-hmm. I say it's because she's in de- denial. Uh-huh. <laughs> she has been her, her whole life. She's the fun aunt. She's the fun sister. Yeah. Um, but so my mother had that, you know, that took her time, her mm-hmm. energy. Mm-hmm. And then as we were growing older, I had two sisters that had pretty severe emotional uh, issues. So it was a great family, but there was, you know, I really, I always looked at my mom as being just so busy, like, mm-hmm. and so entrenched in trying to raise all these kids. So I was kind of just gone. <laughs> so from middle school on, I was just gone, very independent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't want to have to ask for a ride. So I would jog to my friend's house or ride a bike, okay. walk. I didn't want anybody to say I couldn't do something. So I just figured out how to do it myself. And then also always had a, you know, some kind of job doing whatever anybody would pay me to do because I wanted to be financially independent mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, it was, it was good. I think my parents were pretty distracted while I was growing up and so I was kind of under the radar screen I used to say if I wasn't being arrested or flunking out of school that I was doing really well <laughs> You're doing fine <laughs> and I said this to somebody uh, recently I said you know I really didn't have expectations on me and mm-hmm. I see a lot of kids today so anxious so stressed mm-hmm. and so I was very fortunate. I didn't have all those pressure expectations on me, and so I've always exceeded them. Well, good. <laughs> no expectations, but I've seen. <laughs> <clears throat> so you've been in Muncie now for what year? Year and a half? Two and a half. Two, Two and, and a half, half already. Yes. Oh my God. We're vintage. <laughs> You're vintage Munsonians yeah. mm-hmm. now. We um, are. Well, tell us about coming to Muncie and what you've experienced since then. It really has been great. It's exceeded my expectations about what it might be like here. Um, I have to tell you when I when we first came when Jeff was interviewing at Ball State I had in my mind like I had not heard much about Ball State Mm -hmm. Uh, we got their mailings for my daughter and I loved the logo Mm -hmm. Um, and I remembered the logo and I loved the branding but I I didn't have high expectations for the university I just thought well it's really cute college town and Mm -hmm. you know so I came here and I was like I was so impressed with the campus Mm -hmm. I mean the buildings the brand I mean so consistent how they've 
developed this campus over the years. I've seen a lot of campuses with five children. Mm-hmm. I think I counted one time. I've been on over 45 uh, campuses. Oh my <laughs> this is an amazing campus. But I also was a little surprised with the state of Muncie. You know, and I had done some research, but not a lot. I, I looked and I thought, wow, what potential this, you know, this community has. There's all the elements to make it very vibrant. And I know a lot of people who have been here say, well, it's a lot more vibrant than it was 10 years (laughs) ago or whatever. And it is. I mean, I see progress every day, but it's just amazing what, you know, businesses leaving can do to a community. So Mm -hmm. I've been most impressed by the people who are so enthusiastic and energized to make this community the best that it can be. And the collaboration that goes on is just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I know when we, when he was considering the job, we talked a lot about it, and we both agreed that if the board was not committed to the university really collaborating with the community and making that a priority, that it really wasn't the right fit for mm-hmm. us. Jeff went back to the board and wanted to make sure <laughs> that they were really committed, and they said they were, and they have been. So, yeah, it's been really – the people are wonderful. Just I just think the passion for, for – just continuing to build, mm-hmm. not sitting there whining about things and just saying, we can do this better. Yeah. And being a part of that is really, really energizing. Of all the things you've done with uh, community engagement and things like that, what are some highlights that you now look forward to every year? There's There are so many. I think that there's some quirky things in Muncie, too. One of the things that was great, a lot of them are really directly connected to the university, but mm-hmm. they affect the community. Mm-hmm. Like the one of our professors, a creative writing professor, um, did that uh, Muncie weird and whimsical. Yeah, she oh, got yeah. the students to to interview people and look for whimsical stories or mm-hmm. weird stories in Muncie. I thought that was fantastic. Mm-hmm. I mean, just and some of those stories. I don't know if you got a chance to see that book. There are some really funny stories about you know ghosts in factories and <laughs> what's the purple hippo story and and then just interviewing like I had recommended them to meet with Betty Kendall and mm-hmm. interview her, her she's full of oh she's full oh of my stories gosh. she's yes. full of fun stories yes. so th- that that was really fun and I, I did get interviewed by the student group mm-hmm. my husband did too um, but I've also gone back and talked with the, the professor there about getting involved more with the elders in our community so they actually this year got an immersive learning grant and they're interviewing seniors at Westminster oh, okay. and oh, nice. the students cool. are going on and, and getting their stories and they're going to publish that as well. So that's one thing. I think the other thing on the campus, the students asked me to be a, a guest chef oh. on their student cooking show. And it was so much fun. They actually asked me back another time. So I've done it twice. First time it was right before Thanksgiving. And I did my mother's stuffing recipe, mm-hmm. which was really fun to do. Just doing that with them. And that's all student run. Mm-hmm. They have their cameras. It's a um, studio quality kitchen with cameras above it. And it's in one of our dorms. I so had that no idea was, they did yes. That. That's so, cool. so there's that. And then, well, I love the concerts, mm-hmm. Canon Commons. Those are fun. I mean, the art walks, fantastic. Every art walk. I see more students and it gets me so excited. Mm-hmm. And when I talk with students and I'm like, have you been down there? Have you been? And they're like, I just went to the caffeinery. <laughs> you know, and they're like, okay, wait, you're a senior and you've never been to the cafe. I'm like, you got to get out more. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting how sometimes the students, they, they get in their little bubble and they don't want to like cross the river and well, come don't over you, here. I was like that in college. I mean, yeah. I mean, like I was 12 miles from downtown Providence. 
And the only time I would go in was somebody would say, hey, we're going to get a hot dogs at Haven Brothers. It was a food truck before its time. In downtown Providence, there was nothing else going on. <laughs> yeah. So I think I did that a couple times in four years. I mean, to think of that now, yeah. what was I doing? But so we do always constantly try to get the students. Um, more students I see at the farmer's market, mm-hmm. more students downtown for events like that. And the other thing that I think is really helping is the barking cow. Because mm-hmm. we see a lot of students when we go down there. It's a great excuse to say, well, let's go let's down go and get, get some, some ice cream. cream. I mean, yeah. mm-hmm. who doesn't like ice cream? Yeah. And now it's time for the lightning round where we ask quick questions for quick answers of our guests. So first question, do you have a hobby and what is it? Running. Running. Okay. <laughs> Are you an early bird or a night owl? Definitely early bird. Yeah. Nine o'clock, I'm in bed. What's your favorite band or artist? Don't really. I like all genres. Anything. Give me anything. What's your favorite book? Paula by Isabella Allende. It's always stuck with me. Star Wars or Star Trek? Neither. Neither? Uh, no, I loved... Good answer, good answer. I, I loved Star Trek as a teenager, mm-hmm. um, but now, no, I'm not into that. What's your guilty pleasure? Chocolate. What's your favorite movie? What about Bob? <laughs> <laughs> it was my mother's favorite movie, and I've seen it so many times. It is still hysterical. What's your hidden talent? I can't do it now, but my hidden talent when I was a youth was hand walking. I had the record mm. in third grade, 160 steps on my hands. On your hands? No kidding. Mm-hmm. Wow. wow. That's cool. Do you ever sing in the shower? No. Oh, I'm terrible. My voice is terrible. I would love to listen to somebody else singing in the shower. <laughs> All right. Most used emoji on your phone? Oh, the kissy face. Kissy face. With my kid. I'm sure they're so sick of <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for oh, being our guest today. Very, this you. was my pleasure. Thank you so much. Thanks for stopping by the farmhouse. Yeah, it was really fun to be here. We're also sponsored by Lucky Rabbit Tattoos. Find out more at LuckyTats.com. Did you know they can do basic ear piercings and nostril piercings every day of the week? Except for Sundays. Because they have to have their beauty sleep. They have to sleep sometimes too. Okay. But, but I can get my ears pierced. You can pierced. get your ears pierced. You can get your nose pierced. My mom tried to po- pierce my ears at home with a needle and a potato. Oh my Did God. your mom ever do Well, you're a boy. so you. Probably... I'm a boy. And no, I never <laughs> wanted any piercings whatsoever. Oh, well, my mom was like, oh yeah, we could do that. And she stuck it halfway in my ear and then I was like no never mind I I give up so leave it to the professionals leave it to the professionals don't let your mom do it with a potato behind your ear it's $35 plus the cost of jewelry and if you mention Gone Boss you get $5 off what yep if you mention Gone Boss you get $5 off your piercing fee so check them out at luckytats.com So we had Jennifer Mearns on the podcast this mm-hmm. week. She was excellent. She was excellent, of course. But uh, uh, she brought up some points. Uh, she keeps running into people, just like we do, mm-hmm. that say, oh, yeah, there's nothing going on there's in Muncie this weekend, Muncie. something like that. And we're all like, what? Are you are you kidding me? And of I think she even is. She even did a gesture and said, come on, come with me. Come with me. I will show you. <laughs> <laughs> there's something to do practically every day, every night here in town. As we are beginning 2020, mm-hmm. there are a ton of things already scheduled for this year. Oh, yeah. Uh, we've got three trails in the summer. Mm-hmm. We've got uh, Rialzo. We've got uh, Christmas sings. We've got turkey trots. We've got everything. We've got all kinds of things. And all you have to do is look <laughs> to, to, find, yes. to find stuff. And I don't think you have to look very hard to find those things. No. And I'm I'm going to give out some websites right now. Muncie Visitors Bureau. Mm-hmm. 
muncycalendar.com. Right. You could always check Muncie Journal. They're mm-hmm. always promoting events, things like that. Downtown Development. Uh, they have a website with uh, all kinds of information right. about downtown events. There's plenty right. of places the, the to find this information. The radio stations have community calendars that they, they put out. So WLBC, all that kind of... There are places to find things to do. Um, and if you're a business person, I mean, there's even more things to do because Matt and I have to like limit ourselves as to what we're involved in and what luncheons we go to and things like that. Because we could literally go to breakfast and lunch probably almost every Every day. Just about, Just every, about day every day I can think of. Yeah. We could do it. And I mean, during the week, you've got a thing on Mondays, and then you have another thing on Tuesdays. I have a thing on Wednesdays and Thursdays. Friday's the only day we have to eat lunch together. And it seems <laughs> like we've been working nonstop on Fridays to make up for all these things that we could that do. That is true. <laughs> yeah, because as a business owner, you're like, oh, yeah, I could do lunch, or let's go to this networking meeting, and let's do this, and let's do that, which is great, because that, that is where connections happen, and you meet people in your community and all that good stuff. But then if I'm eating lunch with everyone, everybody in the world and when am I actually getting any work done (laughs) the other thing about the interview that I thought was interesting was uh uh, New York you know people aren't always from Muncie they're here now when we interview them but they've had lives outside Outside of Muncie of Muncie and And they've chosen to come here since they've been here they are the most visible president and uh first lady first lady president uh (laughs) I've definitely seen in the community uh, and I've been palling around here for over 20 years, probably yeah. about 30 now. And you went to school there. And I went to school at Ball State University. I couldn't even tell you who the president was when I was there, which is sad. But uh, I'm sure they were great. <laughs> <laughs> they are fabulous. But you were a student. You weren't thinking about the president back then. But well, yeah, they are definitely a very visible uh, couple in town. I mean, I see them all over the place. And when I called her to ask her to be on the, the podcast, it was like, sure, absolutely. No hesitation, no nothing. So... That's and pretty her cool. career is amazing. Amazing. All the companies and different things. She, and, and flying the, around the world. We didn't even ask her, you know, where she went or anything like that. We just knew that she'd been everywhere. It was everywhere. everywhere. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. So. All the cool places because that's where you have these sporting events well, yeah, and things like that. Yeah, you don't go to Kalamazoo or something really for tennis, tennis. do you? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us for this episode of Gone Boss. Be sure to check us out at goneboss.com or hashtag goneboss. We're on Instagram at goneboss2k or you can find us on Facebook just by searching Gone Boss. If you have a comment about the show or something you want to share with us, call or text 765-233-2640. That's 765-233-2640. We might even use it on the show. Also, join the conversation in our Facebook group. Just search Gone Boss hang out with us. If you like what you hear today, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you find your podcast. Today's episode was brought to you by our premier sponsor, Schaefer Leadership Academy. Check them out at SchaeferLeadership.com. We were also brought to you by Lucky Rabbit Tattoo. Find out more about them at LuckyTats.com. Have a great rest of your day, and don't forget to tune in next week to find out who has gone Gone boss. boss.